are. Here we are, number three. Third podcast. Everyone knows the third podcast is the best podcast. Well, I think they've all been pretty awesome. But that's just me. They get their own dialogue. Oh, just you? Some kind of like, what am I, job lover? <laughs> pretty much. Okay. Let me ask you something. When, when we first wanted to do this podcast, you were like, hey, it, it all kind of stemmed from this dream of getting to scratch, right? Yeah. Of being the best golfer you can be. Right? Yeah. Correct? Yeah. Okay. And, but you wanted to kind of like um, document it and like kind of go over the journey. I wanted it to be the journey of yourself and myself trying to get to scratch and you had brought up no lessons right nice did, I, did I bring up no lessons yeah you you brought up no lessons yeah okay well shit I was wrong <laughs> <laughs> so what you're saying is that you think we need to do lessons now I don't think I... Well, no, I'm in a place where I'm okay with my golf game. And so I, think... I need the lessons. <laughs> <laughs> is, that you, is that what you're trying to get at? Uh, no, that's not what I'm getting at. <laughs> Do you need lessons? <laughs> I'm sure I could use a few. Do you feel like you're... with? Uh, how long have you been practicing? Alright, so let's, let's rewind, right? Rewind. So... I've been swinging the clubs for 10 years. Okay? No, not 10. When did you start taking it seriously? Well, that's that's hard to say because even when we would play every Sunday, I wasn't practicing. I know, but it's it's always this practice thing. Like just are you, do you feel like you're getting better? Uh, I feel like I'm making better contact. Um, do I feel like I'm getting better? No. And why I feel that way is because two days ago I played with these two kids that are, you know, trying to get on the mini tour and they're really good golfers and they had incredible swings and, you know, they played the game so well and while I'm playing with them, I think I'm set up a certain way and after I take the shot, you know, I'd be like, I'd, I'd ask him, hey, you know, he's like, no, oh, you're set up way to the right or you're set up way to the left. He's like, oh, your club head, and I'm like, shit, you know, like, I didn't even see that, you know? Yeah. And, uh, so, after that, that kind of got in my head a little bit, and playing with kids, playing with anybody I think that's that good, and you're playing with them, they're just like, it's, uh, intimidating, to say the least. You know, they, they just play the game the way that you want to play it. You know, you and myself. And they like, make it look easy. They made it look so easy, dude. I mean, they put the ball so smooth. They chipped. They had all those fancy chips that you're just like, you know, you dream of hitting, but every time you do it, you blade it. And, um, you know, as we're playing, though, they were giving me advice. And they're like, hey, you know, like, I would, they weren't just giving it to me. I was asking them, and then they would tell me what they thought. And, you know, I kept making sure I wasn't like, hey, you know, like, if I'm messing with you guys, he's like, no, no, that's, that's awesome, you know, he's like, you're supposed to get information from people that are better for, better than you. They like, they like to talk golf. They do, they love talking golf, I mean, that's what they, look like what they do, 
You know what I mean? Like both yeah. work at golf shops. Um, they play golf for a living. Uh, they're both college students, I believe. I know one of them was. And uh, but anyway, so go back to your question. Yeah, I mean, dude, after playing with them, I I was like, man, I, I would really love lessons. And I'm, I've had Jen had bought me a lesson before, like a three pack. Jen, your wife. Yes, and uh, it was back when we lived in Corona. So this was like seven years ago, and I never did it. <laughs> it was like at black gold and it was like really hard to get to and um yeah so i never did the lesson so the lessons expired and you know i never there was my one shot right and then as life goes on and you know it i don't i just was focusing on my kids so like golf was just it's fun i played for fun but it was it's about probably two or three years ago you and i were playing you know it was like you know we're trying to score low we're like trying to yeah. beat our course record right yeah. and we're just playing the basic courses and then when you get an opportunity we play somewhere else but i mean when i bought my my first set of clubs that's when i wanted to try to start playing golf but i didn't put any effort into getting better okay and that's so, when i go back into practicing it's like i never went to the driving range right but but at the same time like do the the two college kids you play with do you, do they have coaches? Yeah, yeah. The kids like, dude, I have, I have a coach. And he probably pays like one hundred and fifty bucks, two hundred bucks just to see him, right? Right. So I mean, isn't there something in that to where like, if if we want to talk about like one in a million chances, like there's a one in a million chance to where you're gonna be, to get to a point to where you can get scratch. Without a coach, like you're just you're gonna find like the 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 secret of golf. Like you're just gonna be on the range one day and you're gonna be hitting and you're and it's just all gonna click. You're gonna be like, huh, I got it, right? Yeah. Until the next time you go to the range. Right, but no, but that's I mean. I mean that's the reality of it, right? But but how do you, how do you be scratched? You be scratched by hitting it good every time, by being consistent, by being like those kids uh, at David L. Baker that you just so happened to stumble into like no, I was at Costa Mesa but yeah same principle Costa Mesa whatever like the the magic of the universe just finding two people that are just like yeah we we got it we're about fucking 18 years younger than you and 18 times better than you yeah that that might have been too <laughs> not that they're that much better than you but like no, they are for sure. But, but they ha- but they have coaches. Yeah. And they have the means and they have the time to play. Right. So maybe maybe it's beneficial to get a coach. But I could totally agree. Now, without a coach, what do you think, realistically, what do you think you can get your score to? I think, I think without a coach, it's possible that I could break 80. In a year? Yeah. Consistently. No. <laughs> so, by getting a coach, it I think, me personally, I think that it would make your game more consistent. Well, a coach... Okay, I, I thought about this today, too. If... I've thought about this would you, the whole time, but... 
the whole okay. the whole reason we were doing this, well, the reason why I wanted to do the podcast was because we were gonna do a journey of us trying to get to scratch without a coach, without getting lessons. Right, but maybe that's and that's like, part of the journey of trying to get there, right? The ups and downs, the frustrations, the epiphanies, the yeah. videos you watch, the books you read, the whole process, and basically explaining, you know, the novice golfer's mentality. All of the thoughts. It would basically just air out everything that every golfer goes through that they would be able to identify with. Yes, I agree. But I, I thought about this. It's like, okay, your daughter Sage plays softball, correct? Mm-hmm. And she wants to be the best softball player she can be. For sure. And you want her to be the best softball player she can be. I stand behind her and her decisions. I could care less what she wants to do. It, whatever, but whatever your kid's gonna do, you're gonna back them up. I, I, I don't want her to be anything other than what she wants to be. Right. Okay. But she wants to be a great softball player. Yeah. Right. Do you send her to a coach? Yeah. Oh, I know that. Right. You so, don't think that I put those two together? No, I, I'm not. That's not I'm not trying to be confrontational. Like I just. I believe you have put those together, but I'm just trying to like make the the connection in my own thinking. It's like, okay, if sometimes it's easier for a person to admit that they need help and they need coaching than it is, you know, like, did I, no, I said that wrong. Sometimes it's easier to admit and look at someone and be like, hey, you need help. You need coaching. Like, let's, let's sign you up for lessons and get you the help that you need to get you to where you want to be. Instead of being like, no, you got it. Like you can, you can hit softballs and you can, you can pitch and you can throw strikes and you can do all these things because it, because you have the passion for it. Right. So like, isn't that kind of the same type of thing to what we're going through? Like. Like this, like yeah. th- and, this, this sort of pride, like a pride of like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get there myself, and I don't need no one to fucking help me, and I don't need no coach tell me what to do because I'm gonna figure out my golf swing, and I'm gonna score, and I'm gonna get to be a scratch golfer, and I'm gonna get to be a single digit handicap on my fucking own. Like it's some kind of like man shit, like manly brain shit, right? Like I don't need no fucking help. I would love a golf coach. Right. Okay. I, I would. I, there is zero doubt in my mind that I would turn down a golf coach. Turn down like zero doubt that I would turn him down. I know I would take any advice. That's why when I played with those kids, I was asking a million questions, right? Because we were going to get to scratch on our own, right? So yeah. I'm going to take someone who's already there. And pick their brain on every approach. So when we played every hole, I asked him, hey, so when you miss a fairway, what's your next thought process? Well, I need to get to the center of the green. I need to get in front of the hole. I want to, when I'm scoping out my the hole and I'm attacking it, I'm measuring out all the hazards and I'm avoiding the hazards. I'm not going to leave my chip where I have to go over the bunker and put myself in, you know what I mean? Yeah. So he's, he's explaining this to me and I'm taking advantage of having somebody with all this experience... And at that level, so that I can gain an advantage in the long run without lessons. 
Yeah. Right? So, I want lessons. I would love to figure out a, a real swing. I would love to figure out how I'm contacting the ball. Instead, every week, I'm coming up with a new idea and a new swing path and a new ball contact and a new compression and, you know, trying to figure it all out. And... I think it's going to be the most terrible journey trying to figure it out and be serious without somebody that actually knows what they're talking about. When when you when you say this word terrible, like I I mean painful. Right. No, but I but I but I've thought about this because I used to say that word a lot. I used to like, oh, that's terrible, terrible. Right. I don't, I don't use that word very often. No, I know, and it's interesting to me that you use that when you're on this journey that you're so passionate about, right? It's like, so what? what's the opposite of terrible? Amazing. Right, okay, so in my mind, the opposite of terrible is brilliant, right? So That's because you're sophisticated. No, I'm, I'm like, awesome. <laughs> no. Bogus. But you but you've esen- you've essentially said, you know, amazing is it's just is brilliant. It's just another way to say it, right? So a little more eloquent. Right. <laughs> but like I, I think there's something to be said if you're not gonna get a coach going to get a coach is that then you ha- you have to have a, a positive attitude going into it with doing the work and actually playing not like practicing and you can be like oh that's fucking terrible right like we went into this thing about also rushman i believe right or mm-hmm. or henny bogan and being hard on yourself when you're practicing right and being like oh that's you can like be oh you can hit a shot on the range and be like oh that's terrible i hate that Ugh. you know like i gotta do better i gotta do better but then when you're on the course being like okay i'm you have to have the positive mindset of like i'm gonna hit a brilliant shot i'm gonna hit an amazing shot not because i have to but because i want to because it's part of the game it's part of the playing i'm no longer practicing right you're playing you're playing right so taking it counts and it counts, yeah. I mean, but what? But like, in the at the end, like, what does it really count for? Nothing. It's just a stupid score. A pride thing. Uh, I mean, I guess. I mean, I, I, I guess it's a pride thing. I mean, but when you do stuff and you do it to do it well, I guess it all falls under the same pride category, right? Like you have pride in your work. So when you do something, you, yeah, you want it to look good and you want it to be the best yeah. it can be. Right. So when I when I do work like personally as an electrician, like I had this I I built this I'm gonna I'm totally gonna digress, but it, it's gonna make sense. I built this deck, uh, an outside deck with my brother in law. And his name was Vika. He he was Jewish and he like immigrated and like I had mad respect for him, even though he turned out to be a, a bad guy, even though he's not a bad guy. And when we're building this deck, he's like, he, he like kind of hits me on the shoulder in his way. And he's like, he's like, hey, I'm not trying to build this thing to last for 50 years. I just want it to last as long as I'm going to use it. You know, he, he was like, 
He didn't take the long view, like, oh, I want this to last 10,000 years. Can you relate to that? No, not at all. Me neither. Because everything I build and everything I install in my work and in my, in my job, I was like, I was like, no, I want like someone to open up my junction box or my panels or like have to go to a job or something that, that Russell Oshman was at and be like, holy shit, it can't get any better. And I want it to last 10,000 years. I want it to be like the fucking Roman Coliseum. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and I didn't understand that mindset. I was like, well then why are we building your fucking dead? Like why don't, why don't we just lay some like plywood on the fucking ground? Why don't we use your kids Lincoln logs? Exactly, and I don't, and like, I didn't understand it. See these tools? We don't even need them. We'll just <laughs> pile wood on here, and we'll call it a deck. Right. Yeah, I don't, I don't relate. But, you know, c- going back to golf, it's like, does, like, do you, like, I, I don't know, maybe. Well, you're, you can relate to golf in the sense where, like, yeah, we're, right now we're, we're trying to get to scratch, right? Without lessons, and all we're doing is creating more problems. I feel like your swing changes, all the different things that you do, there's nothing consistent in your game. If you took a coach and you had him build your swing or build your game, it was something that could just go better and better throughout the whole time that you're playing this game. And, I mean, you know, we've talked about it before. There's 90-year-old men playing golf still, right? Yeah. They're still playing par golf, even with their, you know, age, because they just swing and hit the ball consistently for that long. Well, I, I mean, if you're saying we should get lessons i'm all for it now finding the money for the lessons that might be a different story but well i don't i don't know that i i've come to a realization an an epiphany it's like i'm i'm not gonna get better without them no i just i'm the golfer that i am and and i need to be to a place where I'm focused on every shot. I've hit I've hit great shots with every single one of my clubs. Right? And therefore it's possible for me to hit great shots with every single one of my clubs. Right? So to me the 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 the, the problem is with my golf game is in between the 5 inches in between my ears. It's in my brain. Mhm. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean. I was thinking exactly the same thing tonight. Yeah. So. I don't know that it, like, maybe it, like, uh, maybe I need to see, like, a therapist. (laughs) (laughs) Instead of a golf coach. Well, so you were asking me about, you know, how I felt about, you know, I said the word terrible. Mm Mm-hmm. And, like, honestly, like, I think that I would need to see a therapist if I continued to go down this route without a fucking coach. Right. So, okay. So, in our first podcast, I brought up Harvey Penick and his little red book. And what Harvey Penick said was, never say never and don't say don't. It's like, uh, negative energy, negative thoughts kill your golf game and kill your golf swing right like what is golf it, it's a fucking it's it's management of your misses it's coming back from your bad shit like how bad is your bad right 
Some people hit the ball and it's so bad. They're so far off the fairway that they can't recover. And, and like, it's like, you know, off the, off the tee, they're like, well, that's a triple bogey. Ball's gone, right? You're dropping two, you're hitting three on a par four. Bam, double bogey in play, right? But being like the guys that you were playing with, being able to be like, okay, I, hey, I got a bad shot, but now I'm going to manage that bad shot and I'm going to take the most positive outlook towards that and manage that into a way to where I can save and not be terrible and not have a terrible score, but have a brilliant save. Right? Mm -hmm. It's like, never say never and don't say don't. It's like, I can't do that. That's, that's impossible. It's like, if you think about it, like, the whole concept of golf is impossible. It's like, how the fuck am I going to get this little ball 450 fucking yards in four, in four shots, four swings? How am I going to do it? Like, if you sit there and think about how impossible it is or how everything can go wrong, then you're never going to be able to fucking do it. Well, right. that can translate into life, right? Exactly. But I that, think that's one of the most important lessons that like I like about this game itself is... Um, you, it forces you to endure the bad because it'll be over and you get a fresh start. But how are you going to approach that fresh start with the same negativity that you had on the last hole? You know, the same Debbie Downer, you know, mentality? Or are you going to rise above it and be like, all right, dude, fresh start, let's go. Gloria Allred, dude. Gloria Allred. <laughs> right? Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. But it, it's, it's funny that you said that because exactly today I was thinking the same thing. I was like, every single shot I hit that's good, I'm really focused on the ball. I'm not overthinking it. I'm just focused on the shot. I'm focused on seeing the club, hit the ball, the contact, all the way through it. The ones that you duff or the, the putts that you don't read well, you're not as focused yeah. You're just like, you're either rushing, you're not in the moment, you're not enjoying the moment and letting yeah. the moment... You're you thinking know, about the shot before, or the shot after, or, or the, the next one, or... How you're gonna, how you're gonna make it out, how you're gonna save three strokes with one shot. Or you don't want to miss it, you know, whatever. You're just not thinking about the present. And you know, when you stay in the present in golf, I feel like it tends to go a little bit better, but... Well, just like life. When you're when you're in the moment in life with with a conversation with your wife or your kids or or with work or with anything. When you're in the moment you tend to do better and you're like and if you can if you can have the mindset as like like oh this is terrible. <laughs> oh this is like why is this happening? This is a terrible situation. I can't believe we're having this car or it's like no, I'm, I'm going to listen and I'm going to respond to the moment and I'm, and I'm going to give my best in this moment and not think about what happened before, what happens after, but what is happening right now. Mm -hmm. What's in front of me. Right. Right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's that whole terrible, brilliant aspect. It's like the yin and yang, like the black and white. Of, of life. 
that's why I like the game. I like it because it doesn't lie. You you can watch a movie, you can read a book, you can be at work, and most things like you're not you're not sure. It's like, oh, was that was that good? I don't know. But when when you're playing sports, when you're playing golf, it's like you, like there ain't no line. It's it's either good or it's not. You're either in the fairway or you're not. You're either on the green or you're not. Right. You either, you either made the putt or you didn't. For sure. I, I, I think athletes in general, right? You, there's there's a saying that there's an athlete's mentality. And it's like short term. You know, because you can't just keep dwelling on it. Yeah, you want to recognize it and it's important to recognize it, right? You can reflect on it later. But in the moment, in the game, you know, when you're in the present... If you hold on to that, it's just going to keep manifesting itself over and over and over, and it's going to end up being terrible. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But if you can just let the moment happen, all right, well, that happened. You know, it's acknowledged. It's not like you just ignored it, but you pick up from it, and you know what you did. You have to quickly recognize it and go from there. Right. But I think a, lo- a lot of, like, sports or anything is, like, muscle memory. Yeah, but how do you muscle your brain, right? Because a lot of it's mental, especially in golf. You know, and, and Sage's game, my daughter, her, her game softball, it's mental. I mean, a lot of mental errors. You know, instead of just, they overthink everything instead of just reacting. You know? Right. And I think you can do the same thing in golf. You can do the same thing in work. You know, I'm guilty of it. I overanalyze everything. But at, at the same time, that's why you practice. You practice to where you have the muscle memory of correct actions and correct movements and correct decisions to where when, when you get into the moment, into the game where it's time to play, you're not... You don't have to think about how to react because your body already knows how to do it. You you already have the the backlog, the catalog, the 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 mindfulness of being able to do the correct motions. Right. Right. So where when you have like in a, in a fast twitch game like like baseball or softball or or football or basketball, like. You you've taken ten thousand shots on the on the free throw line. You've taken ten thousand shots from the three point line. You've taken ten thousand swings in the batting cage. You've taken ten thousand reps of throwing the ball to a receiver. You've caught ten thousand balls as a receiver. You know, like you've taken ten thousand swings on the golf range, right? If if you don't know that what you're doing is correct, like if it works, like you know. If it works for you in the moment, you're just doing it yourself without a coach, then, you know, you can be like, yeah, this seems to work. But then when you get in the fucking Super Bowl and you got to run the route and catch it, it's like, you know, you, you want to have the correct motion and the correct memory and the correct muscle recognition in order to not have to think about it, but to react. Do you think that you have that? Well, when I'm going to golf. <laughs> yes, of course I do, but I'm delusional. 
delusional. Right. I don't. Okay. So maybe you need lesson. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I would say that I can definitely benefit from some lessons. But why not? I mean, is it is it a okay? Pri- if you were to take lessons, what, what would you take lessons on? What would be if the, okay? What what would you like to work on, Russell? When in the U.S. Open. Okay. What you, let's start with your swing. Okay, watch my swing. Tell me what you see. That's a beautiful swing. Okay, thank you. How come I'm not fucking? <laughs> How come I haven't won the U.S. Open? Like I don't know. Like coaching, coaching is different. Like you. You yourself has been a coach, right? Yeah. So have you. It's so have I. And I was one and oh. It was the greatest undefeated season ever. It killed it. Yeah, I know. We beat the hell out of the Pirates. I was such a good coach that I think that our season we didn't even have a win. <laughs> I know. But but the, okay, this goes into the whole thing. But like, we had a good time. Right. So it wasn't so objectively speaking, you can be like, Oh, it was a terrible season because we wouldn't end the game. But, like, as, as a coach, as a person, as seeing that your own players got better, you could say, oh, like, maybe it was brilliant. Because I saw the progress of a kid who came to me, you know, as someone who couldn't catch the ball, couldn't throw the ball, couldn't hit, couldn't feel, you know, but had that passion inside and wanted to play. And I worked with that kid. And I saw, you know, by the end of the year... Whether or not we won the game, that kid caught a caught a fly ball and threw it and hit the cutoff man. Right, and that smile on that little fucker's face. Right, or they went up to bat and this this little little person, little girl, little boy, I don't give a shit, that hadn't got a hit all year, and they're going up there and it's the last game of the year and you're sitting there, in the in the you know third base coaching box just like praying to fucking god to everything that is holy in the world that this kid that has poured their heart and soul out into this season that has been objectively terrible may find a moment of brilliance and that ball that comes from the pitcher's hand may hit the bat and may find a fucking hole and you see that little son of a bitch running down the first and get a hit. I wouldn't call her a son of a bitch. Well, no, I you know I'm not talking about anyone specifically. I get it. But, but I'm just saying. But we're kids, all. But they're kids for crying out loud. We're man. all sons and daughters of whatever. Like regardless. Oh, you're so sensitive. You're so sensitive. Oh, you need Russell. I do. <laughs> <laughs> And you know what? Maybe I should give you lessons because I'll be that coach that'll see you on the eighth. No, like, oh, Steven, Steven Spagnoli. Maybe Come, you're that good. Coming up. No, I'm not that good. But I think, I feel that I could, like, I feel like if you made it, I would be your caddy. I feel the same way. Totally. I'll never make it. Not with that attitude. <laughs> I always tell that to my kids. Uh, I can't I do it, Dad. Yeah, not with that attitude. I said that on purpose. No, I, I honestly don't. No, I know. I don't think that. I don't. I do not think 
realistically, you could, I, or you, I'm going to say you too, can get to scratch in two years without help. And I think that you play f amazing golf. Between the two of us, I think you're a better player. Right? No, I don't think so. But. I think we're equal. Well, we're two men swinging the clubs, hitting the same ball. Well, my ball and your ball. Couple of, same couple, type of balls. Couple, couple of swinging dicks hitting the ball. <laughs> no, <laughs> um, but but I, I, truthfully though, I, I think, you know, but I don't think my, of myself that highly, right? Like I think Dan, I think Dan's a great golfer, and I think Dan has an amazing swing, but his game doesn't always show for, um, what he's capable of either. But he also doesn't care about it, I think, as much as you or I. No, I, th I think he does. I think he cares about it. He just it. wants to play for fun, dude. That's it. He and wants to play. Like, he wants to play. Just wants to play. Which is fine. Totally. And I just want to play, too. But when no, I play... No, but that's not fair. That's not fair. I'm when gonna, I play... I'm going to check you on that. But when I play, I want to try and score as low as I possibly can. Of course. Period. Like, do you, ever, do you ever, like, every round you play, do you think, like, this is the one, this is the round where I'm going to, I'm going to fucking go out here and I'm going to... Yeah, on uh, New Year's Eve, Oak Quarry, and turned around and shot a 108, maybe a 104. Just respectable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, of course, it's Oak Quarry. Well, I mean, if you're it's not hitting the ball straight... But what was crazy about that yeah, place but was me. like I hit the fairway and the ball rolled away someplace in a hole or just hit underneath a blade of grass. I mean, I don't know. It was in the fairway. Center of the fairway. But that's that's golf. Down a hill. Gone. That's golf. Oh I know. I know. So Do you think do you think you put too much pressure on yourself on that round? Like like the significance of the day being New Year's Eve. I don't think that I put any more pressure on myself on that round than I do any round I play. I approach every round the same, and I don't play, even if I'm just playing by myself for fun, right? It's For me, it's like the same pressure, the same time, the same way. I mean, none of it changes. But doesn't it, doesn't it come down to just, like, we've talked about this before on the phone, and, like, kind of the genesis of this podcast was our our conversations that we would have on the phone just talking about golf and then we're like you know what this like maybe people want to like have the same type of of thinking or feeling about about the game and 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 the thing that is so difficult for me to do but so easy to say is that thing where i say it's like you can't hit every club at the same time you can't hit your driver and your putter, and you can't, you cannot hit... So I can't pull out my pitching wedge, my 7-iron, and my 4-iron, put them, all three of them in my hand at the same time, and try to hit the ball? Well, you can, but it would probably be, as you would say, terrible. It would be terrible. Right? Right. It's, it's a one-shot-at-a-time game. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. And it's, it's, it's about being in the moment, and it's about letting go of your bad... And embracing your good, but keeping a positive mindset. Mm-hmm.
enjoying the good and enjoying the bad. I mean, with without the lesson though, dude, you can just play the game, and it's gonna be what it is. Yeah, but but you you don't you don't just want to just play, you want to be better. Yeah, every time. Yeah, you, you want you want to be better, but like. But if you don't even know how to, to. You. I can try to come up with. A quote unquote fix, for why the ball's going here or the why the ball's going there, and I'll probably be way off. Right. But, I mean... And that's pretty much how I've gotten to where I am, is, you know, I've been fixing every little thing that I've gotten, and it's gotten better, Yeah. and it's gotten worse. It goes up and down. But what I notice for myself, and I can only speak of my own game, is if I miss the ball, most of the time it's lack of tension. Yeah. I've, I've, instead of staying present in the moment... I skipped ahead. Yeah. Right? So, one of the main things that when I'm on the driving range and I'm hitting golf balls is I try to hit the ball and hold my finish until the ball lands. Mm-hmm. Right? Because it teaches me to make sure that I'm doing a full swing. Balance. Same thing. And my hands need to end up here. And it, I need to get there the same way every time right so that you become consistent so when i hit a bad shot i rushed it i stopped i chopped i looked up because i wanted to see where i was going instead of just watching the club hit the ball doing a swing that you're supposed to do because if you drop another ball and do a second shot you're focused on that shot right and the ball goes pretty close to where you're intending it to go to mm-hmm Right, so most of it's just lack of attention, having an attention for, you know, a hundred and four strokes, in a game. That's that's a lot of attention. Or having attention just for seventy two, for life. Oh, it, absolutely in life. Absolutely in life. Like how many times have like you had a situation where something happens and you you have your opinion. And someone else has their opinion and you're like nope you're wrong I don't give a shit I'm digging in or they're talking about their opinion and you pretty much aren't listening because yeah. you don't you're thinking really... about your next you're thinking about your rebuttal yes you're not you're not in the moment you're not like understanding like okay I hit one in the in the in the fucking rough and now I have a I have a tough second shot it's like just like fucking up in life with your wife or your someone you're working with or going out like to eat right or or anything and and fucking up and being like okay i fucked up but now i'm I'm gonna make i'm gonna make the correction by doubling down on my on the energy that i have in this moment to make it better right instead of instead of like taking a step back and like taking a couple practice swings it's like Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna listen to you. I'm gonna listen to this waiter. I'm gonna listen to my wife. I'm gonna listen to my kids. I'm gonna listen to my coworker and understand that I'm in the rough. And I got a and I got a tough shot at getting par. But 
if I just take a step back and listen and be in the moment, like maybe I can understand and maybe I can get back to that homeostasis. <laughs> you just wanted to use that word. I did want to use that word. I like, what is it? biodome. <laughs> Homeos like okay, but that that's a good example. Oh, I love good examples. Yeah, because you know biodome. Like maybe you guys listening don't know fucking biodome. Google it. Polly well, Shore. Why don't you Why don't you tell us a little bit about this biodome? Oh, it's great. Of? It's it was before its time. You're getting me off track. Okay. <laughs> The, the whole point is, is like there was this computer going like homeostasis is 50%. Homeostasis is 3%. And the whole point of the biodome was to like prove that they can make this artificial world that would be sustainable. Right? Like now that we live in these times of like, oh, we can't have electricity, or we can't have Barbie dolls, or... You like, can't drive your car, because it's diesel. You know, we have to find homeostasis, right? But everyone has a homeostasis, and the world has a homeostasis. And when you're fucking up, and when you're saying everything's terrible, the homeostasis goes down, 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 down. Homeostasis is 3%. 3%, right? And But what did Pauly Shore and, um, I believe it was one of the Baldwin brothers, Billy Baldwin, like the fourth Baldwin, like the fucking the terrible Baldwin. <laughs> I'm just if kidding. You're listening. He didn't mean that. I did mean it. He knows what he exactly what he is. What did Polly Shore? What was Email that famous me. saying that Polly Shore used to say? <laughs> Weezing the juice. <laughs> That's from Encino Man. Okay, but the whole but it stuck with him. Yeah, well, it was a fucking great movie. Yeah. <laughs> La queso. This. Okay, when I was in middle school. And I like, I like there was a lot of um, uh, how we say ethnicities, um, Latin people there that uh-huh. that spoke uh, Mexican, uh-huh. Spanish, and and, and and after watching that movie, I was like, the only Spanish phrase I wanted to learn was that cheese is old and moldy. Where is the bathroom? That was from the movie. Okay, so es viejo y. Donde está la baño? La baño. Right? But homeos. Okay, let's get back on homeostasis. Train derailed. Right? But okay, imagine your golf game or your life as a homeos. You want to imagine the golf game? No, but you have to. I know. You have to. Okay. Imagine your life or your golf game as a homeostasis. Right. Mm-hmm. And you have this percentage, right? And then when you hit it, when you hit it, like, way right, and you go into another fair- fairway, there's this little thing, homeostasis is at 65%, right? And you're Unless like, you're in the center of the other fairway, and you get out there, and you're like, right, I still got a shot. But then you look at it, right? And then you make a recovery, and it's like, oh, homeostasis is back to 85%. And then you make a putt, and it's like, homeostasis is 100%. Dude, the only time that I, I get... Frustrated is when when you can't find the ball, you have to take a drop, right? Because you don't have a way to play it out. Yeah, that's terrible. Or oh, like when, terrible. When you have a good, you know, you've done everything well, you're getting up to the green, and then you chunk it because that's my you're least, rushing it. Least favorite. Yeah, I hate the Russian. Right? No, I hate rushing. I don't hate the Russian. Yeah, no, this isn't a. We don't not. We don't. No, yeah, anybody. we're not. Yeah, we don't hate anybody. No, I mean, dude, 
happen to people that are sick and twisted. It's like, I just feel bad for them. This is what I was... Have you ever hated anyone or anything in your life? Yeah. What? I don't think I want to say it. Say it? No. Some skeletons were meant to be left alone. Okay, you hate skeletons. Yeah. You know what I hate? What? Vampires. I'm just kidding. I don't don't think I've ever hated anything in my life. Really? Even, like, the people I've done, like... I'm pretty lucky in in that, like, the fact that, like, I don't think anybody's ever, like, done me so dirty to where I hate them. Have you ever wanted to kill anyone? No. Never? Mm Mm-mm. Not even on the freeway? No. (laughs) Good man. Homeostasis is 100%. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, dude. Sorry, hit the table. People people driving suck, you know, but... But you've never wanted to, like, kill anyone? No. Okay, good. Me either. But where did that come from? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> just wanted to air that one out. I just wanted to make sure we cover in all our bases. Like, okay. okay, sometimes you you tee it so up. So you're not a serial murderer. <laughs> no. Good. I would never. I don't like killing fucking bugs or anything. I don't either. You know what's crazy? Jen, Jen gets mad when I grab a cricket because I see it in the house so yeah. oh my god ah! and I'm just like dude it's a cricket it doesn't even make any noise let unless it's it dark yeah let it go outside yeah I don't yeah and now rats hmm I'm not a fan of rats yeah I'm not really worried if they die and is that bad to say well, no. probably no it's not bad I mean that's it's a fucking varmint. Yeah, I just don't like the damage they cause. And they I, cause damage. I mean, that's 100%. I'd like to get a cat so at least I could play with it. Snake, maybe feed it. I don't know. One time, when I was in high school, I was driving with my friend Tommy. And I forget where we were going, but we were we were driving up Yorktown. And we hit a dog. Oof. And, like, we, we were driving home in this old, like, black Jeep. Um, I like Jeep, Jeeps. Jeep Grand Car- Ch- Cherokee. It's a hard word to say. <laughs> you know it's a hard word to say. And, Grand Cherokee? Yeah, and it's this difficult. fucking, I can still see it. It's like a, a, like a brown fucking mutt Labrador dog came out, oh and we fucking God. hit it, man. And we kept going. No. And he was like, he's like, he was freaking out. Like, it was it was a bummer. It was a super fucking bummer. He's like, did I hit that dog? I'm like, I'm like, yeah, you hit that dog. He's like, do you think it's dead? I'm like, yeah, it's fucking dead. He's like, what do we do? Do I keep going? I'm like, yeah, keep going. Damn. What are you going to do? Like, what are you going to do? It was early. I feel bad about it. Like, I, I, I don't like to do it on purpose. We didn't do it on purpose. It was no. an accident. Oh, that type of stuff happens, too. Fucking dog shouldn't have ran out. Like, I don't know. I feel bad about it. I mean, where was the owner? Where was the owner, right? Yeah. I oh, mean, that's wow. like that's like your kid, right? If your kid gets away from you and gets hit by a car because it ran out in the street. I mean, is it... <laughs> because it... <laughs> Sorry. I'm just saying, like... No, I know. I'm not talking about my own kids because I, I would 
rip my own kid's arm off pulling him back in but you know it stuff like that happens super fast dude it's sad but is it the kid's fault is it the parent's fault is it the driver's fault it's an accident accidents you know accidents happen lack of being in the moment right the moment is anything can happen and you gotta be completely aware yeah not guess what shank yeah full hook I don't know super slice a kid getting run over and shanking a golf shot is okay with hitting hitting a dog I mean it's the same principle It's, it's not it's not about like your kid my kid someone else's kid it's just the concept that it's an accident yeah it's not something that you wish upon anyone no we just went super dark yeah that was fun thanks Russ yeah I'm sorry I'm not sorry sorry not sorry I'm not sorry at all it happened well we can cap it off with your double birdie double birdie yeah low screamer three wood threw two birds Oh, when I killed two... I actually killed... Yes. It was on... What hole was that? 16? 18. Yeah, 16. I killed two birds with one drive. It was fucking terrible. Like, you want to talk about terrible and use that word? That was fucking terrible. Terrible shot. I should have totally got... No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) there, There was a bunch of coots. Little fucking black birds sitting there right there's no way they should have been in danger they didn't know they were in danger they were just fucking sitting there man dude the worms were hot that day on that tee box the worms yeah it must have rained it was like must have been about the same time same time of year and I fucking hit that low screaming three wood must have hit it like 300 miles an hour and I fucking hit one bird and it went right through him and that bird exploded and it hit another bird and killed the other fucking bird instantly, that, but the bird that the no, ball the first went, bird died instantly. No, it didn't. Yes, the, it did. No, the it first did. bird died instantly. The ball went through that bird and it was still alive, but it hit the other one and the other one died instantly. The, the, no, the other one. And didn't Mike D? Wasn't oh, he? Yeah, one? Mike D was there and he was like, he's like, you got to put it out of its suffering, right? And I'm like, I can't do it. I can't fucking. I can't do it. I can't kill this motherfucker. And he's like, I'll do it, you fucking pussy. And he fucking grabs his like four iron. And he's about to hit it, and he and he brings it up like a like a woodsman gonna chop a chop a fucking redwood, and he's like, I can't do it either. And we sat there and we watched this little coot fucking dying, struggling, and like, what do we do? We fucking I was like, we gotta call somebody. <laughs> we gotta we gotta tell somebody what happened, and we called the fucking pro shop. The starter, we like Google the the number, and we called the fucking starter. We're like, hey, we we, we got a problem out here on on sixteen or fifteen, wherever the fuck we're on. There's a dead bird. We hit it with a golf ball, and the guy was like, he was not in the same moment that we were in. We were in a different headspace, different universe, and he's like, yeah. What do you want me to do? Like you, you gotta send somebody out. You gotta fucking get this thing. You gotta. Just gotta get it out of here. And and then we fucking left. Two birds, one golf ball. It's 
Real fuck story. That, that's true. That's for dog. Yeah. Yeah, that was dark. Yeah, it was just a bird. You know, sometimes you kill a dog, sometimes you kill a bird. <laughs> this cat, I'm not that sensitive. It, it really, it really affected me, and it threw off. Like I think I went uh, bogey, double bogey to finish around. It really affected my score. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Would do birds have souls? I think everything has. Are a soul. birds people? That's obvious. They're not people. They're birds. Okay. But that doesn't mean that they don't have souls. Okay, and well, that's what. Hence the feeling bad about it. Huh? I so that's why I felt bad. It's like it wasn't a person. Like it's not like I like you know had to go to jail about it. But well, was it intentional? No, it wasn't intentional. It was an accident. Okay, okay, let's say, exactly, just like you driving down the street and hitting a fucking dog. Yes, it's an accident. Right. You can't hold on to it, it doesn't right. make you feel bad. But, but, different, different types of ac- homeostasis, different types of accidents. Homeostasis went in the negative after that. No, okay, but, if you're driving around and you kill a bird with your, your fucking car, or you kill a dog okay. with your car. You Here's can, the flip side. What if you're negligent? What if you're speeding and you're drunk, and it happens? Yeah, then you're then you're culpable. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Then is it really an accident? It's still an accident. Hmm. But but you're culpable. You're responsible. But it, like right because well what makes it what makes it not because there was a law that said you're supposed to drive this speed. And you were exceeding it, right? But the the laws are there for to to keep homeostasis of society at a certain level to where people are just like, oh, fuck it, man. Well, like, like going going back, but, but going back to biodome. No, hold on, hold on. Let's keep going with this because you just brought something up, right? Yeah. Okay, so the laws are there for what did you say? To keep people responsible or culpable. Okay, now what happens when we just keep making more laws? Well, when you keep making more laws, then then you pretty much get backed into a corner and you can't do anything. But I don't know if that's relatable. (laughs) Okay, but like Okay, but you can't, like, okay, um, fine. Russell's I'll, head just spun. No, it did not. I did a little. 60 times. No. Where do laws come from? Depending on the law, right? Well, okay, but what gives laws their... You uh, tell me, because you're you're the historian and you understand... No, but this... But I don't. This, this is I not about... This is not be, about... This is philosophy. Laws would be made about people... And the people would vote them into, in, to a f- effect. Right. If you're, but we if, live in a time where that's not happening. If you're in a system where people vote, right? But where, where does the 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 fuck you the oomph of the law come from? Why do people respect laws? Right. If it just comes from like because people have morals. 
Okay, but where do morals come from? Where do laws come from? Like that's uh, there's a Bible, and most of the most of the religions have a set of moral standards that a majority of people that follow religion follow those morals. Right. So you're you're so like, now you've got a standard, and then laws are based off of those standards, like United States of America. Right. Yeah. Estados Unidos. So. It was founded under God, right? In God we trust. It's on the money. At least it used to be. Wherever it is now. Well, no. It, it was founded on, on the concept where there's natural rights. And natural rights means, like, it, it's, a, it's essentially... I, I get that, but, it, but they were Catholic. No, they weren't Catholic. They were like deists, like deism. They, 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 or like Freemasons, and they, they conceived of the universe as like a, um, the, a clockmaker. Like God is a clockmaker. God makes a clock and he, 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 he puts the, the foundational material elements into it and then he winds the clock and then he just lets it go. Where did our founders come from? their parents <laughs> England some of them what was the predominant religion in England at the time um I believe it was it's called Ang Anglicanism A-N-G-L-I-C A-N A-N-I-S-M Anglicanism they were Protestants Protestant but that but that goes back to the 1400s at like with the like Martin Luther, right? So when Henry the Eighth split from the Catholic Church, he's like, "Fuck you! I want to divorce my wife." And they're like, "No, you can't divorce your wife because divorce is illegal, motherfucker, because of the church, because of God, right?" Was he's the like, guy that just had a bunch of wives. Yeah, and he's like, he's like okay, I, "I won't divorce her. I'll just get another one." I'm Henry the Eighth. I am, you know, like the yeah. whole thing, right? And he's like, he's like, "Well, guess what." Fuck, I'm hitting the table. Fuck you. I'm starting my own church. Fuck y'all church. I'm starting my own church. And I'm starting my own fucking religion based on the English set of... Is that where Mormon came from? Was it around the same time, No, right? Mor- Mormons is American. Those are American motherfuckers. That was... Uh, That's what was uh, his name? Mark? John Smith. John Smith. Smith. No, Wilford. Wilford Smith. Paulie Shore. No, it was Smith. John Smith. He went, because he was like, oh, there's a bunch of fucking, like, Mormonism was... Was that 1700s? No. 1800s? The, no, that was 1800s. That was like right... 1756 or something like that. No, way later. Mormonism? Yeah. Way later. So it was in the 1800s. That's when, like, when, when the West was open, and they were going to, like, Utah, and they were like, the guy was like, Oh, God told me that there's... They got to Utah, they're like, there's no way we're going any farther. Let's just get as many girls as we can and we can have them all for wives. Well, there was a Salt Lake. <laughs> well, that's what probably made him crazy. No. I don't care. I'm, I'm just kidding. Sorry if you're Mormon. I'm just teasing you. Yeah, Mormon's a great uh, thing, you know. Like, Jen actually likes the, them. They, they come by on the bikes, right? <laughs> they're the ones that come by on the bikes. So, no, those so, might be Jehovah's Witness. No, they're Mormon. Have you ever noticed how a Mormon church 
they always have like the spires like they don't have crosses they have like points no but those guys came by on the bike and uh you know they knock on the door did you hit them in your car no that would be manslaughter yeah so they knock on the door and I'm always like oh no I'm sorry I'm not interested well Jen the big hearted wife I have she's just What's the saint? saint? She is truly a saint. Um, she wants to listen to him. And they talk to her and she just can't say anything other than listening to him. Because they're so cute, right? Those cute little boys on their bikes going around. And uh, maybe Jen's Catholic. <laughs> so she um, can't tell them no, but doesn't want to answer the door. So they came to the door one day, and I was like, you know, she just left to the store, but she's going to be back in about half of an hour, and I think she wanted you to come over for dinner. So if you guys want, why don't you come back in half an hour, and you can have dinner with us. So we invited them in, gave them dinner, and sat there and talked with them for probably a good hour, hour and a half, and uh, had had a great dinner conversation about... um, the Bible. Mormonia. And the Mormon Bible. Yeah. Latter-day Saints. Yeah, and, and I asked him a question. I said, okay. I said, when when did when did this start? When did when did your religion come? He's like, oh, well, it happened. And so I'm like, now, was it just an epiphany? Like, how, like how did this just... He's like, yeah. He's like, he Joseph's the guy had... He's a prophet. Yeah. He's a Latter-day Saint. I'm like... Now, you think that after 1,700 years that he was going to be the one that was going to revive the world? You think it just, imagine, just imagine that that happened? And he's like, I never really thought of that. Well, I'm just curious. I grew up Christian, so I'm fascinated with the religion as I am all of them. Yeah. Well, because truly when I went to Calvary, I doubted everything. Calvary Chapel, Christian yeah, and, and dude, don't get me wrong. It was a great school, great people, great teachers, um, but it was kind of challenging being a kid, told everything, and not being able to free think for myself. I wanted to question stuff. I'd rather question than just be told and follow, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it didn't fit the mold of what they were teaching there. Um, so I had fun. It was fun ta- having a conversation with them, but it was interesting just to hear them not really have a rebuttal he's like you know i'm gonna have to get back to you on that one yeah make it plant a little seed of doubt that wasn't my intention i was just looking for answers no but it regardless of your intention it's like you as a per like here here's the thing it's like i i am skeptical of the people who are 100 percent sure about shit like they're like they know the fucking answers like anybody that's like nope I've got the answers this is what it is this is how it is and this is how the world works and this is how the sun goes you know like I'm just like oh really you fucking know all the answers like fuck you you don't know shit you're just a fucking man or a woman or a fucking other 2021 (laughs) right don't classify as anything You're, you're, you're a person you have a soul, and you have the ability to understand things just like I do. And anyone that's like, 
nope, this is how it is. Like, I am flabbergasted. I am astounded. My homeostasis goes down to fucking 3%. <laughs> so that, I thought that was funny. Um, <laughs> wheezing the juice. Yeah, wheezing the juice. When anyone's like, nope, this is how it is. God, <laughs> God there's 10 rings in the sky and we're going to go to fucking more mania and all you got to do is And say, Pluto's a planet. Pluto is a planet, I believe that. They're still saying the Don't bring Pluto on that, dude. I'm sorry. I... I, too I'm, soon. I'm from back then, too and I believe soon. that it's still a planet myself. I know, because you were... But maybe, maybe it's not a planet. There was, so now we only have eight planets. I know, but planets are fucking like dime a dozen. Okay, here's another interesting thought. Am I stopping you in the middle no, of... No, you're planet? not. Um, so, because I'm not... I don't, I don't understand, you know, I have very little understandings of everything. Don't be modest. I, I do. Um... I don't, I don't understand a lot of stuff, but I do like to think, right? Oh, we got, we got a thinker. <laughs> Real entrepreneur guy. Uh, yeah, think it out. Come on, let's hear it. So, sorry. Do you understand, like, how an atom is structured? Mm, I understand the concept of atoms. Let's see if we can Google it. But uh, it's just a, a thought. Like, well, the, the nucleus, and then electrons, and, and protons, and neutrons, right? For sure. For sure. And so, I, like, I think about our solar system as basically like an atom. Right. With with the sun being the nucleus, and then the electrons being the planets. Right. Right. So, the, the greatest thing, the most grand thing, being the, the solar system being representative of the most microscopic thing, being the atom. Right, so like if you if you Google Adam, a, a picture comes up that looks like what you would assume our solar system solar system looks, looks like. Right. So that just makes me think of like we break things down into our body that is so small, right? An atom. Oh, apparently, In, apparently, an atom is so small that you can't even see it. Infinitesimal. Well, you can't. Right, but it's there. But if you look at our solar system, it's so big that we can't even understand it. Yeah. Ooh. Right, and then here we are living in it. So are we just like something that's like that small and something so big? Right. We're almost like the parasite that right that's like living inside your body that you can't see that's so small. You know yeah, what I mean? but like, I I don't. But this this goes into the whole thing about a soul. Like, does does a fruit fly have a soul? I mean, I want to say yes. I know. I want to say no. I think it's like life. Life happens. Like, can we go back to darkness? darkness? Have you ever seen somebody die? Yes, I have. Okay, when th- that last breath yeah. is inhaled, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. The exhale. Is the soul leaving? I think so. I think so. Like I, I, I've seen, I've seen ants die. I've seen dogs die. Have you seen a human die? I've seen. Yes, I have. Right. And so that that breath out, the soul leaves. Right. I mean, you could almost see it when you see it. 
Yeah, well, you know, like you I feel I, it. I've I've you held, feel it. I've held the hand of my of one of my best friends and went after like moments after he's died, and realized and and shuddered at the fact is like, this my friend, who my I best friend who yeah my best friend who I went to school with and who I played football with and who I like am going on this is no longer here and this is a shell. And he's now just atoms and material and a body. And the person that I knew and loved and laughed with and shared moments with is no longer here. Yeah, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. So, you don't think a fly has that same soul? Well, I've n- I never went to school with flies. Like, I'm, I'm I, not... I'm not no, I know. To, I'm not. I'm not trying to I'm be. I'm just little, bringing it back. No, I know. It's. It's. I think it's the most important conversation there is. Like, but I. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. A a fly's death doesn't hit me in the same way that a child's death hits me. Because you can't relate. Right. Does Does that mean that the fly's death is not as significant in the grand scheme of like the other flies of the life force of other flies? Of other flies, yeah, like, like, I've thought about that too, like, every time I've killed a spider, I've been like, oh, like... Have you ever killed an ant? Yeah. Okay, what happens when one ant finds out that that ant died? Well, then she tells my uncle, and then my uncle gets bit, no, (laughs) just kidding, that was dumb, that was a stupid joke. I don't know. You never watched them? No, I didn't want to stick around to see. Like I, I've never like. Want to stick around to see what happened to the other? Yeah, guys. I've never liked killing anything. No, I've, but I. You, but so, so have you ever done something to an ant? Maybe not kill it, right? Maybe you disturbed it. I never wanted to hang around. You never watched them just to study. No. Okay. Would you like to know what they do? What? They go to whatever it is that was disturbing them. And they quickly go back to tell another one. And the other one goes, what? It looks like they're talking. And he goes around and goes to another one and goes to another one and goes to another one. And all of a sudden, now they're all going a million miles an hour. Where they were just cruising, then they just start going crazy. Yeah, but maybe maybe you're projecting your own consciousness onto them. Maybe they don't I guess that's a possibility. When when we killed those birds, right? There was a flock of birds. And when I hit that bird those two birds with that one golf ball, did the, what did the other fucking birds do? Nothing. Do you do you remember the other birds? Nothing. They just kind of screwed They didn't away. do shit. Right? Mm-mm. They kept eating worms. They kept eating fucking worms. Right? So when people was like, okay, so maybe maybe people are just worm food. Maybe Birds are just worm food. Maybe ants are just worm food. I was like, but I know that I know this for a fucking fact that humans have the ability. Like, if I hit a golf ball and I and I killed two fucking kids, it would be a goddamn Greek tragedy, and there and the whole golf course would stop, and they would shut down the golf course for fucking. Uh, they probably would forever. And they'd put up plaques and they'd put up fucking mementos and everything, right? And if I was the one that killed those two kids instead of two birds, I, you know, like, 
regardless of whether I meant to do it or not, I would be guilty of a great sin. A sin against a fucking spirit of the world that killed a consciousness and innocence of potential that those kids represented. 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 <laughs> <laughs> it's not funny. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't yeah. like you you can you can make like the, the fucking like the I'm on mushrooms kumbaya oh we're all connected the world is like ants and, and birds and humans like I don't think so. D- does do 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 ants and dogs I think there's a word that would characterize you for making that statement about Oh, the kumbaya and mushrooms. No, I'm not. I'm not judging. I'm not. I'm not judging you. I'm not saying that you believe that. Well, I'm just saying there's probably a word for that type of stigmatism that you put on someone for that thought Asshole. process. Asshole. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a conversation. No, but I'm saying asking about souls, and I don't. Think I was that's... asking you to relate. Yeah, I can't relate. I'm not a fly. Instead of being like, you know, sitting back, right? This goes back to last week's where we were like, you know, we can't get out of the me, me, me mentality. Put yourself in someone else's shoes. Yeah. Right? So, we're not in the moment. You want to get the thought across. Instead of just being, hmm, that's an interesting thought. And slow, slow down enough to contemplate the idea. Just to entertain the thought. Yeah. Right, I'm not. I'm not saying they do. I'm not saying that they don't. But uh, yeah, but I'm questioning it. Yeah. Right, yeah. and then I'm using science to validate a thought towards it. I, now, I, I, the bird, you use science to validate the thought towards it. Yeah. The birds didn't react. Ants did. According to your observation, only observation, because I can't get in the emotions of it. I don't speak ant. I don't speak bird, bird. right? Um, I can only observe. I can only observe reaction. Now, if I'm, I'm sure that there's been a study that shows a monkey, right, which are similar to us, getting hurt, and an animal going and caring to him. I know dogs. If a dog gets hurt, another dog will go care to another dog. Yeah. You know, and cats and dogs, even though they're different species, right? Canine, mm-hmm. feline. If one, if they are friends, or even possibly not friends, and one's injured, they're going to go care to the other one because they know that they're hurt. And if it's a predator, they'll eat it because they know it's weak. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So it's, to me, it's just interesting to observe watch all of its hypothesis it's science it's questionable it's subjective but it's something that leaves you to to question and and that's where I came with the atom thing and the parasite part and I mean all of it's super far-fetched and I don't have enough uh, education to 
really even entertain the idea into depth, right? It's just a a layman's idea of trying to put something into perspective and making it relative to say how small we really are. You know what I mean? Like in our big bodies, atoms are so tiny, and then just relating it to, to the universe and you know entertaining the idea that maybe we're the same thing in a giant universe. You know, yeah. maybe that's how big God is. You know, we're in his image, right? It's that we're that tiny and he's that big or she's that big. Or it. Yeah, um, right, but I, right cuz it's 2021. See, but but this is this is what I love about you is like you you encapsulate you are able to to say the thing that is is universal that humans human beings those like whether or not ants or or dogs or birds or parasites are able to 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 question and and to pose that and you don't need an education to do that like I think education is the most overrated thing in the world like like I went to school and I got my like so fucking what I read a bunch of books and I got a, like a stamp on the thing like I would I, I, I don't think it means anything like the the thing that you just said like I never learned that in school no one ever no teacher ever told me that in school no teacher or professor or doctor when I was in school ever fucking posed those questions the the real nuts and bolts questions of what life means and what we're doing here and the difference between ants and birds and do- like th- those are the things that fucking matter right well they're just all around us right but it's all around us and it's like so what whether or not I've read a ton of books and like got a, a piece of paper that I can hang on my wall and be like oh like you know I graduated it doesn't fucking matter like you're you're able to identify the 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 questions and to make the arguments that have troubled humans right homo sapiens like if you want to get scientific neanderthals right Homo habilis. Which is all the present, right? According to... Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, regardless of the politics. I'm just teasing. I know, you're, you're a fucking teaser. But don't... Regardless of the politics of the time and, like, how people use it, it's like, that. that's what, I, that's what I'm saying. Right. It's like, you, you're able to identify those big questions, right? And, and anyone that... Te- and that's my thing. It's like, Anyone that tells you they have the answer, and even if like I'm I'm guilty of it too because I think I have the answers because I'm no, a, I'm well, <laughs> yeah, because I'm I'm opi- really? I'm opinionated. Tell me more about that. Yeah, <laughs> tell, oh, tell no, me more. I'll tell you. Oh, you want to know how the world started? I'll tell you how the world started. I heard it's flat. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, we won't get to that. No, don't fucking. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you can't. Nobody fucking knows. No. And it, it doesn't take a, a college graduate. It doesn't take a fucking anybody like. A, well, I've a, got some college. I'm not saying you don't have college. Like, hold on. 
It, it doesn't take a college graduate. It doesn't take someone who's gone to school to identify exactly the points that you're making. And I'm not, I'm not saying that the points that you're making are common because they're not. They're uncommon. And I, and I think a lot of people, just like the birds, go around and they don't even think about it. Like someone dies, they're like, well, motherfucking bird died. Sure. Where'd he go? I don't know. All right. Where's the wind at? He go. Right? Like you can't, who knows? But there's, an, until birds or ants or parasites start. Speaking to us? No. <laughs> Until they start making the the type of art or the type of literature or the type of religion or the type of politics or the type of games of, like, golf until they can make podcasts, until they can communicate with each other, until they can do those things that seem to separate human beings from the other species... I will scientifically say there is a difference between human beings and the beasts and the wild of the world. Hmm. What, what, like, just scientifically speaking, right? Because, like, I never met no fucking ant or bird or dog or wolf or anything that can fucking write the type of shit that Shakespeare wrote. Or write something like the Bible. And I never seen no Jesus ant. That was like, come to me. Like, you never know. They could be on like an anthill and like, there's just one Jesus ant. It's like, come to me, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> That's the queen. Right? Yeah. Right. But yeah, maybe they're feminine. Like, but we're, you're anthropomorph, anthropomorphizing the beasts. It's a huge word, man. I didn't right. even know that word existed. Right. Well, like, uh, assuming Did that you just use Greek to make that word up. Well, anthro being human, uh, morph. You know, to you like did. give. No, I didn't make it up. It's, Latin. It's a fucking word. Look it up. Google it. No, we're not enough to Google GTS. it. GTS. It's a natural thing. Okay, regardless, anthropomorphizing is like. Can taking... you spell that? A N. I need paper. I would need paper to do it. I'm dyslexic. Okay, so, also Rushman. Self-diagnosed. <laughs> See? No, regardless. As of three minutes wait, ago. Wait, wait, let me make this point, and then we'll take a break. Okay. When we as humans use, like, put our own society and culture and ideas on ants or birds or dogs or anything, we are anthropomorphizing morphosizing <laughs> right we're we're assuming the characteristics that we have as people onto things that may or may not have those same characteristics so that's a human flaw I, it's not a flaw it's just it's a generality it's like that's what people do that's why they're that's why we have fairy tales that's why like the, the Goldilocks and the and the Three Bears, all right, or or Little Red Robin Hood. And that was the, a fairy tale. <laughs> no, it was real. It was actually my aunt. 
She was Goldie? Yeah. Locks. Hmm. Too soon. Way too soon. Sorry, Aunt. Aunt Goldie. Sorry, Aunt Goldie. Regardless. Regardless. But did he pure it? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. We're going to take a break. And then we'll come back. Alright, so we're back. We're back. We had to sort some things out. We got we got a little off the rails there. We started out with golf and getting lessons and <laughs> we went <laughs> we went into the infinitesimal and, and and the most grandiose things that you can talk about, which is the whole point of this whole podcast. Well, I think there's a bigger picture, right? Other than other than just golf. It's you know, it's for for us. It's how the game relates to life, to life, right? And yeah. you know, um, among the game, there's different things, and we keep relating different circumstances to the game, and then we get off topic and talk about those circumstances. But essentially, it, it comes back to lessons, right? And life teaches us lessons, and yeah. if you want to be good at it, life. You know, you you gotta take lessons. We go to school. Yeah. Right. We go to professionals that teach us the things, and there's some things that you can learn in school, and there's some things you can't. So putting that into perspective with your golf swing or your golf game, you know, maybe there's something to be said about not taking lessons and just playing, and trying to get better at it, and learning and learning from it. And in hindsight, maybe maybe there's a part of it to where you can still enjoy the game without the lessons. Will you be perfect? Will you be scratch? I mean, at this point, time's only going to be the true tale, the testament, right? Because I don't see myself taking lessons anytime soon. As much as I'd like to, I don't see it in my future. Which I respect. I get it. But at at the same time, then then you have you have to respect the process of not getting lessons, and you, it's like, why am I not shaving five strokes? You know. Yeah, well, I think that's part of the whole process. Is you know, okay. <clears throat> For myself, I can say in my game, I've been focusing on contact, hitting the ball consistently with contact, right? Yeah. And I'll say that. In what back in what was it probably October maybe maybe November or December I focused on a club that was just my biggest nemesis was the forearm forearm right your nemesis and it's and it's the five iron the forearm they play similar to me the six iron is not as bad um but I could hit the five iron let's say 50% of the time where the four iron was 20%. Right. And so I spent a whole month, maybe two, just hitting a four iron, just hitting a four iron, four iron, four iron, four iron, bucket after bucket, trying to figure out where the ball is in my stance, where the ball is in my feet. How close am I to the ball? How far away from the ball? Trying different things to see what worked. Right. Not watching videos, not trying to get someone else's perspective, just feeling it. Right, because Feely. because if I'm playing, that person in that video, I'm not gonna be playing a video when I'm playing. 
Right. I'm going to have to figure it out on my own. So I want to know what I'm feeling. Well, right? So I would consider myself a feeling type of player. Right. And, but isn't that going on what we talked about for the last however long? Like, nobody can tell you the correct way. I don't agree with that, though. Well, who, who's going to tell you the answer to, like, your questions? A what? professional. Okay, then, re- regarding life or, like, the universe or, like, these grand questions about the soul and, like, who's going to who's gonna tell you in a way that you're... Somebody gonna... who has the experience, right? So, like, if you're going through troubles in life, right, and you're... Let's just say that you're struggling somewhere, something... Right? But there's somebody that's gone through it. And they're like, hey, you know, like, have you ever thought about this? And, you know, the the golf coach that we haven't seen might not be like, oh, dude, your swing is atrocious. Let's start over. Right? He might just go, or she might just go, hey, I like what you're doing there. What if we did this and kind of just tweak it a little bit? So now it's trying to change your perspective. Right? Sometimes we have to gain a better perspective in order to see things broader. Because so many times we get stuck in the tunnel vision that we're we're not looking at the big picture. Right? So something that they might tell you is like, hey, you know what? Like, your swing's fine. Your distance with your clubs, I like your clubs that you chose to use. You made a good choice. You know, those clubs work for you. The ball, you have a great ball selection. Yeah, you, those are the balls you want to use. They match your swing speed or whatever. They match what you're going for in the green. What if you just try to stay away from trouble, right? Which goes back into life, right? Like, stay away from drugs. Drugs are bad, right? Stay away from, you know, a prostitute or a hooker while you're married. <laughs> or not married, right? I mean, those are simple things that, like... So, if you're going to relate it... Hold on, hold on, hold on. If you're going to relate it to golf, it's going to be... Water hazards and bunkers. Hookers. Right? Water hazards and bunkers. You get in a bunker, it might take a couple strokes to get out. You get in the water, you lose the ball. Right? So, the water is like a hooker. You lose your wife. You got to start over. Take a new drop. What are you going to do? Know, you get your related golf ball to your like, wife and anything I, in the I mean, this is just... It's, it's your spitball. No, we're we're fairy tale talking like you were with Goldilocks, all right. But at least this makes you sense. brought up Goldilocks. You called Goldilocks your aunt. I know what well, you brought it up. She might be my aunt. <laughs> you brought up ants. I brought up the little tiny ants that run around. I know ants, aunts, uncles, 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 drunkles, and the ball has feelings. Shit. My, but, ball, my balls have feelings. Yeah. Um. A- anyways, what I, what I'm I'm not relating my golf ball to my wife or. Her <laughs> or anything like that. But what what Sorry. I'm what I'm saying, dude, is that they're they are relatable in the sense where they're well, yeah. life, life experiences and the coach that is not going to probably change a ton of stuff, but might just change your perspective is what I'm I'm getting at. Right. You know so. So as we're going through the process, I'm still going to stick to the no, no coach, like you said, the no lessons, like you brought up in the beginning. And 
I, I do. I want to try it for at least a year. At least a year. Okay, I back that. I mean, I, I respect that. I want to go see someone, believe me. There's n- nothing more that I want to do, but... Well, it's like a therapist, it's not, it, right? No, it's not even a therapist, dude. It's like somebody that can be no, like, No, hey, it kind of is. No. It kind of is. I guess, Don't I you... guess a therapist to your golf <clears throat> game... And, and maybe they will change your perspective, but I th- I think it goes back into just staying focused and trusting what you're learning. And yeah, it's going to take longer. It's going to take longer. There's no doubt about it. Well, of course, doing it yourself will always take longer, and you're gonna you're gonna have to make the mistakes that other people have made that you don't realize that you're making. And you, so you'll you'll have to like reinvent the wheel. Well, that's essentially what we're doing. Well, I no, I I've I've come to the conclusion that you're comfortable with the wheel that you invented. Yeah, I am. <laughs> I know you are. I have my golf swing, and I'm going. I'm I'm going to play golf, and I'm going to be one of those people that will just fucking swing the golf club and live my life in the best way that I know how, and I won't see a therapist. <laughs> Ever? No. I've seen two therapists in my life. For golfing? No. The first one was when... God, Jesus. We don't need to go there. Okay, then. Well, my little... my I was present in a room when my little cousin died. And I was a kid, and apparently I was the one who found my cousin Stephanie. Not found, but I, I was there. I'm sorry, dude. And I, and I, well, I don't even remember. Like, this is just coming from stories of, like, what my, you know, family has told me. And I, you know, and ever since then I had, like, a fear of death, right? And so I went to a therapist when I was little, like, and my mom called it a talking doctor. I was like, oh, talking doctor, okay. Right? Like, what a great way to put it. You know? And I didn't understand it, but my uncle tells me that, Michael Gilbert tells me that, like, yeah, you were there, like, you, you were in the room when she died, and they found me crying, hysterical, in the fucking room. As a little kid, and I, like I don't like I. This is just coming from being related, right? And the second time I thought, uh, second time I saw a therapist was when my friend died in the desert. And I went there, and they're like, "Are you okay?" I was like, "Yeah, I'm okay." They're like, "Well, this is pretty traumatic." I'm like, "No, like I don't think it was that. Like, there's a god." my friend is in heaven and there's life after death and I know it they're like well you can't really know that I'm like yeah that's fine but that's your opinion and that's what the therapist said yeah maybe maybe I'm, I'm embellishing but I was like that's what I, they were putting off that's the vibe you got from them yeah like yeah I know it yeah, there's there's life after death. 
third time. That was a marriage counseling. <laughs> <laughs> That's good though. So you you have seek you have seeked life coaches. I never sought them. It was never no. I never. They found you then. Yeah. It was always like, hey, you need to see a coach. And I went in there and I talked to the coach, the therapist. I'm like, yeah, here's what it is. I don't know what happened when I was little. And I talked to the therapist. I actually remember like ducks on a pond and going there and being like very scared. Sure. And then talking and then being like, oh, okay. Because, bro, I used to fucking. God damn. I used to. I remember sleeping on the bunk bed in my parents' house being terrified of death terrified of death and being like and not being able to sleep and and thinking like I'm gonna die I'm gonna die and being conscious of that was that before or after after and and having my mom come in there and like her rubbing my back on it was like Russell, Russell, like, hey, come on, there's nothing to worry about. I'm like, fuck you, there's nothing to worry about. Right. It's motherfucking death to worry about. Uh, right? I think that's normal, though, given what you experienced. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not a psychology person, so, like, but I can understand that, like, there's traumatic things that you automatically put into a dark place in your mind so that you can keep functioning normal or quote-unquote normal. Right, but as a, as but, a but child... But as a child, it's a defense mechanism. Right, it's, how do you... It's innate. Yeah. That's that's a natural reaction. I think you... I think people know it. Well, sure. But, but I think... But we, you have to... But you have to hide it or else... You know, you live in fear. Or else you're going back to the beginning or else you're living in that Oh, this is terrible. This is terrible. Yeah. I can't I can't hit my driver. I can't hit do I can't do this. I can't I can't do anything because I'm I'm just gonna die. Just Instead kidding. of being like, no, homeostasis. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna find that brilliance. I'm gonna seek that light, that shot, that what whatever you have. So does that go back to perspective? Yes. I think it's all perspective. So I think that's where you started this at was perspective, and I think that's really interesting. So to th- to think about all of it is, we tell our kids that you could do anything you want. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And our parents told us that, and I'm sure their parents told them that, and you know the story if, goes on. If you're lucky and you have people who can tell you that, right. Right. You know, those that are fortunate enough to have parents and parents that talk to their kids and whatever. But it's really true, though, that if you want something bad enough, your perspective is that you can get it if you are willing to work for it. I believe that. But you have to believe it. I believe that. I believe that. Absolutely. 100%. That you can, if you, like, if you will it, it is no dream. Like, just... So you will play the open. I I would love to believe that. 
I think I think more and more it it's getting dimmer and dimmer. And becoming less and less of a, uh, uh, of a, a realistic dream. But I think you would be able to play the open. The problem is life doesn't allow you to do it, right? Because you as a father, as a husband, as a you know, worker, whether you own your own business or you work for someone, finding the time to get to that place is the hard part. And it's not that it's impossible, but you'd have to sacrifice something along the way. And the importance of playing in the open is so far down on your priority list that even though it is possible, it's it's not really the most important thing. I think the most important thing are our families. Yeah. Our kids. Yeah. Our wives. 100%. You know what I mean? And like, as much as we love the game and want to get there, we're, we're not there. Well, even, even doing this podcast is like a, a selfish endeavor. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. how do you, how do you justify, it's like time, it's, it's all about time. You only have so much time. Right. right, and this hour, hour and a half takes away from time with your kids. Yeah, time, or your wife. Time with you know, and and I think like you're you're blessed if you can surround yourself with people like with with your wife or your family that are like, hey, I want I want to spend my time doing this because this means a lot to me. Like, and is that okay? And they support you. Is that okay? And they're like, yeah do it that's awesome like go chase your dream chase your podcast chase your u.s open fantasy you know chase your whatever it is to have that support means everything because if you if you don't have that support and if you're just lonely like and if you're just that ant that dies and all the other ants go like oh fuck this motherfucker <laughs> you know like well, ants are interesting because one dies, they pick them up and they carry them back into the... Right. But maybe there's some ants that die and the other ants go like, yeah, fuck this guy. Or girl. Whatever. Like, we're, we're going to leave him here. Like, thank God he's dead. Right? Like, you you only have so much time. Like, it's all about time. And and golf is about time. And family's about time. And, and the homeostasis is about time. And in the the conception of terrible and the conception of brilliant is about time. Can can I go back a second? How yeah. is homeostasis about time? Homeostasis, like the the percentage of like, that's perspective. The pers like you you have your own perspective of your own homeostasis. Like okay, I'm 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 doing this. It's like sometimes your own internal heart. But I thought own- homeostasis was a state. No, homeostasis is like the percentage of where you're at, like your ideal state and your like unideal state. But who's going to tell you like your own homeostasis? Right? Like there, there's people on the streets that are like, my homeostasis is 100%. I have this crack. I have this cocaine and I'm fucking hookers and I'm, I'm doing this and I'm, I'm 100%. 
that's that's the internal perspective of one's own homeostasis. You gonna Google it? Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Google it. But homeostasis is like the ability for a system to maintain itself. I will agree with that. Right. So a person without checks and balances, without the ability to to check themselves from their own dreams and their own wants and their own desires without that balance of what's happening they'll 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 become lost in their own desires would you like to hear the definition from the oxford languages yeah homeostasis the tendency towards a relatively stable equilibrium between interdependent elements especially as maintained by physiological processes. Right. Exactly what I said. (laughs) (laughs) Read it again. Read it again. The tendency toward a relatively stable equilibrium. Okay, stop. Relatively. So what is relative? Relative means is that there's no objective means of defining it. No, it's all objective. No, it relativity. Relativity. No, relatively is subjective to time. Yes. Okay. Which was goes into what I was saying. Go on. <laughs> relatively stable equilibrium between interdependent elements. Interdependent family persons, especially as maintained by physiological processes physiological that being what you can is like beyond the spirit that which is in your physical realm of understanding yeah everything I said tricks up (laughs) you're a genius no no but I understand homeostasis (laughs) motherfucker yeah I've seen biodome yeah Totally taught you everything you know. About homeostasis? Yes. (laughs) If there's one thing you take away from that movie... It's it's homeostasis. Homeostasis. Right? When they were fucking up, when they were being selfish, and they were fucking partying, and they were getting pizza guys, and they were, were, um, you know, opening the biodome and letting people come in and having a party, they were fucking up, and the homeostasis was down. They were fucking hookers. They were doing drugs. They were doing all these things. Right? They were fucking up the homeostasis. The homeostasis of what what their goal was. Whether that goal was making the U.S. open. Or whether that goal was having a great family. Or whether that goal was being just a general good person. They were fucking up. Because they were selfish. Okay, so getting back into the perspective and time, right? The perspective of being able to do anything, right? Having the positive mindset. Brilliant mindset, yes. But not having the time to make everything work. Or using your time. There's never enough time. No, there's not, but 
There's never right. enough time. But you you had made you had made the statement that you know like that this podcast is selfish. That you know everything. Well, yeah, because I'm 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 taking time to do something that I want to do to talk to you instead of being at home with my family. For sure, but what justifies it? Is what justifies it is I I don't know what justifies it. Well, I think that the idea is is that we're talking, having a dialogue, right? And most of our conversations are probably things that other people have to encounter, other things that people are battling. Yeah. Right. And I I think just making other people aware that they're not the only ones going through it, that it's okay to have selfish endeavors. And, you know, our wives are awesome enough to, to allow us to do something like this. So on the other side, it's okay to allow other people to do things that they love and they're not cheating on you. They're not, they're not going against you. They're just following a passion. Now, the problem is going to come when, when the passion supersedes the family or yeah. when is too much. When do you upset that balance? Right, the balance, the struggle of balance, the struggle of time. You know, our own inner fight of perspective. Yeah. I think those are are big issues that maybe we can, you know, pick up on uh, maybe next week. Well, yeah. We can end up talking about this stuff for... Yeah, well, it goes back to... a while. But everything seems to circumvent. Right? Circumvent. So, let's, let's pick this up next week okay well we got into a lot let's let's wrap it up let's try and do better of not Staying just off. ending on like uh okay and we're done like the things we talked about i think they're important yeah a golf coach a life coach having good perspective right and understanding that maybe we don't know if everything has a soul or doesn't have a soul but maybe treat it as it does always treat everything like it has feelings and care for everybody the same way that you would for another human being yeah it doesn't matter the color it doesn't matter the type it doesn't matter the species right care about it everybody's going through it at the same time everybody's trying to figure it out it's the same but different right it's the same but different and maybe slow yourself down right have a better perspective yeah focus on what it is that you're trying to achieve and live in the moment yeah maintain that homeostasis and maintain homeostasis (laughs) that was awesome wheezing the juice wheezing the juice alright Episode three is in the wraps. Uh, if there's anybody that listens, appreciate it. Really do. Um, I think Russell's going to go ahead and put something on Instagram because he's good at that. And uh, let us know if there's another topic. And uh, yeah, look forward to next week. You guys have an awesome week.